0: Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer.
1: And I'm Katie Ganey West. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture.
0: And today we are reviewing Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves starring Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Hugh Grant, Reggae John Page. I'm sure we'll talk about him a little bit. Um, So that is our episode today reviewing Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. So we had a little bit of a delay, uh, so we apologize for that, but I was in a car accident, uh, like literally the day before I was supposed to go see this movie, so had to get that all taken care of. I'm doing okay, though, in the process of getting a new vehicle, Um, but that's why we didn't have an episode for you last week is because... We were gonna record this last week and then that happened, so we weren't able to record. So
1: life happens. Jared <laughs> wasn't at fault for those of you
0: who I was are not. So we've okay. checked multiple yeah. times. Yep. Yeah. I'm good. So and that kind of leads into our first news item, uh, because yes. Jeremy Renner is doing much better now. Now he was in a much more serious accident than well. I was <laughs> and with the snowplow and had to go to the hospital and all yeah. that stuff. Broke so, over but,
1: thirty-two bones.
0: Yeah, but he did an interview with... Was it Diane Sawyer? Is that who interviewed him? Yes, and Jimmy Kimmel.
1: He was on Kimmel the other night. I've watched all of them.
0: (laughs) So He seems to be doing much better.
1: Yeah, and he's kind of like a new hero of mine. I I don't want to blow anything out of proportion and it's not because he's a celebrity he just seems like he has such a good attitude and outlook on life and i'm impressed with anyone no matter their background or if they're rich or famous like if anybody can get through that and make themselves walk and like really devote themselves to the pt and stuff like that kudos to them and he also did it to help save his nephew which is really admirable as well
0: yeah, he was doing. The whole reason he got into the accident in the first place was because he was trying to help someone. So, yeah. But glad yeah. to see that he is doing much better. He's out of the hospital. Um, that's a very good sign there for Jeremy Renner. Um, also, in some surprising news, because I didn't even know these two were together <laughs> oh, until I saw it this just pop happened. up. So, okay. You're
1: welcome, Jared. This is why I'm here. I keep you abreast of the pop culture news. Yeah.
0: Millie Bobby Brown and John Bon Jovi's son Jake Bon Jovi are engaged. Uh, They are 19 and 20 years old. So you may also remember that that Millie Bobby Brown was talking to like Drake for a while, and people were like, That's creepy, Drake. You're like 14, 15 years older than she is. What are you doing? Um, But now she is engaged. So.
1: Yeah. Can't drink yet,
0: but is about to get married.
1: No, they've been together for almost (laughs) three years, which I completely could not believe. Um, And you know what? I'm really happy for them, but Mm -hmm. I'm also like, wow, 19 and 20. Like that is
0: that's young. young. Yeah, that is young. So that's I'll
1: leave it there. You guys can (laughs) put together whatever you want with that statement. But that's young. That is young. But best of luck to them. Congrats, kids. Literally kids. Congrats. Nice
0: job, Millie Bobby Brown and Jake Bon Jovi. Of course, John yes. Bon Jovi's son has a J name. So, yeah. Um, also, we do have a few corrections before we get into recommendations. Um, yes. You had one correction, then we had some updates from our John Wick episode as well.
1: Yes. So, I really debated about making this correction, but I do think it's important for uh, my own reasons. Um, we did talk about the Nashville shooting in our last episode, which was about John Wick 4. Um, uh, and our thoughts are still with them and there's been more shooting since then. So our thoughts are with them as well, which thoughts are not going to fix the problem, but this is not a political podcast. However, um, I did mention the shooter. And although I don't personally care about the shooter, I do care and respect uh, the pronouns that they wanted to use. Um, and they identified as he, him. So I did want to correct that um, because I do care very much about anyone um who has different pronouns and prefers to go by something else. So that is my correction. Um, and then also, these are just fun facts. Uh, well, really, Jared and I talked about in John Four. moving on in Happier News, um, I was like, man, I feel like Keanu didn't have any dialogue in this movie. And sure enough, an article popped up on my phone the next day that he only had 380 lines of dialogue. So I clearly wasn't the only one who noticed the lack of lines. And if you think 380 is a lot, like just... Write a paragraph and count how many sentences that is. Like three hundred and eighty lines is nothing. Um, especially when that's what you're memorizing and you only have to memorize, you know, a couple scenes at a time. Um so that's and I feel crazy. like too,
0: like half those lines were like very short yeah. phrases yeah. anyway. So yeah.
1: I'm here, I'm back. Let's go. Yeah. And then the other thing that was um that I didn't realize. So I did not realize there were after credits in the movie. And so we hadn't stayed, but I had mentioned in the podcast and had, uh, my friend Brandon told me that Koji Shimazu, he's the, the gentleman that, um, spoiler, but you know, this, we already talked about it. He dies in the film. Um, his daughter is a prominent part. At the beginning of the film, she actually comes back in the after credits, but I didn't realize that. And since we already know they're making a John Wick 5, I wouldn't be surprised if she shows up in that. Um, But anyway, she was in the after credits. Uh, I didn't know if she died or anything, but it it bears mentioning because I did miss that.
0: Yeah, I did. I did not stick around for that either. Maybe because the movie was two hours and 49 minutes. Right. It was a wee was gonna, bit long. It's going to bolt out of there. <laughs> um, But yes, good to good to know there for that correction. So um, now we'll move on to recommendations. Um, I'm going to recommend Succession again. It's been great. The first three episodes <gasps> so far have been. I've
1: only watched one. What is wrong okay, with you gotta me? You've got to watch
0: the next two. So okay, that's been probably... really good.
1: I'll fix it tonight. I'll just stay up.
0: Okay. So, Succession was very good. Um, I also want to recommend a podcast called The Watch. Um, This is through the Ringer Podcast Network, but Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald host it, and they basically break down TV shows, kind of like we do movies, but they have been doing Succession recaps um, for the episodes when they come out. And if you just want a little more insight or if you want to you're like i watch this and i want to hear somebody discuss it or whatever the case and you don't want to read articles about it so they do and they're funny too you can tell they've been friends for like quite a while and so they'll you know jab with each other and make jokes at each other's expense and stuff like that so um but it's pretty pretty good i haven't listened to the rest of their episodes like when they don't recap succession. I really just listened to when they do their succession recaps. Yeah. Those are those are pretty good. So I would recommend Succession and then after you watch the episode, go listen to that podcast and they'll give you like a, a, a breakdown on kind of everything that happened. So that's
1: cool. Those companion podcasts are getting so popular. Mm-hmm. like they really are the show or revisit so. an old show. Yeah. Um well I have two books to recommend. I've been like reading again. So <laughs> that's great. Um, both of them are book of the month books, of course, but I actually, uh, March, I was trying to do book of the month books. Like I was trying to devote the whole month to book of the month books. So I'm catching up here. Um, I didn't catch up on my stack, but I did read a couple book of the month books. So one of them I wanted to recommend is I have some questions for you by Rebecca Mackay. It was really good. I will tell you it's over 400 pages. So if people, if that's daunting, which I think it is even, even me who loves to read, um, It's over 400 pages, but it was cool. I would not classify it as a thriller at all, but it was like, if you've seen the movie, The Big Chill, it reminded me a lot of The Big Chill. There's somebody that dies that, you know, at the very beginning, somebody has died at this boarding school. Um, when people were like in middle school, this person was killed. They put somebody in jail. It actually reminded me also a lot of serial with, um, when they talked about Adnan Syed and how he was convicted of a crime that they weren't sure he committed. And it's, there's, there's racial overtones and our undertones there's racial, you know, there's some racial uh, questions going on about like, is this person in jail because of this? Um, it's very similar in this book. And anyway, what happens is this girl keeps going back and forth, like interviewing people and she's now come back to be a professor at this school really interesting but i liked it and i was surprised by the ending and it was very interesting even though it was long okay the other book is called the soulmate by sally hepworth so each month um my best friend kylie and i do a buddy chat on instagram and we read the soulmate together it was excellent it is a thriller definitely a thriller very quick read sally hepworth is a pretty popular author i had never read her books though this was my first one um and it takes place there's a People live in this really fancy house, but there's a cliff behind their house, and apparently it's become a really popular suicide spot. Um, And anyway, somebody, but this guy, the husband in the book, he has become really good at stopping people. Like, he talks to them and talks them down, and they change their, they've changed their mind. Um, But one person doesn't. And then there's a whole book about, like, was she pushed? What happened? What's going on here? It was very good. Anyway, that's The Soulmate by Sally Hepworth.
0: Very nice. So Thanks. we will talk about Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves now released March 31st of 2021 rated PG-13 for some language, fantasy, action and violence. I will say there's not much language in this film at all, like a couple no. words, but it's not that's not really a big Rating of the PG. The PG 13 is more the violence uh, and the action than anything Mm -hmm. else. So it's two hours and 14 minutes. On IMDb, it's a 7.6 out of 10. On Rotten Tomatoes, critics, 90%. Audiences, 94%. So both groups are really enjoying this movie. And then, box office wise, domestically, it's made sixty one million dollars, and worldwide, it's made one hundred twenty three million dollars so far. So still has to make. I think I read that its budget was one hundred and fifty. So it still needs to make a little bit more to basically break even. Wow! Um, but it will probably get there. But it was definitely a high, a high budget movie. So I don't know if it did as well as they were expecting it to. I don't know if it's going to make a lot of money, but it should at least get its get its budget back. So. Yeah. Um, The synopsis for this one is a charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic, but things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. So this one is directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Uh, John Francis Daly used to be an actor on Freaks and Geeks and Bones, which I did not watch, but I know a lot of people love Bones. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, people are big fans of Bones and this is his seventh directing credit and he also writes and produces a lot of movies Um, and then Jonathan works with him a lot because uh, when Katie was looking up their their credits on IMDB they work on a lot of the same movies together so they're kind of they're kind of partners and uh, Mm -hmm. he's also a writer and producer and next up they will direct Vacation Guide to the Solar System which sounds interesting so yeah you're not sure what that's about, but I'll try to look it it's, up while we take a break.
1: <laughs> it's like a sequel for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Doesn't it kind okay. of sound like that? Like, yeah, I know I'm, I'm just yeah. saying like, it sounds like that's what it is, but it probably has nothing to do with that.
0: No, that is what it sounds like, though. I, I totally agree with you. So um, we'll take a quick break here on the show. We'll come back and then we'll talk about the cast and our likes and dislikes for Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. And we're back here on the Silver Screen Podcast talking about Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. I found the plot for Vacation Guide to the Solar System here on IMDb. It says, a futuristic approach wherein tourism within our solar system has become a routine. A trip to the solar system turns into a life or death struggle to return to Earth. Uh, And there's no no cast associated with this yet. So... Don't know who's gonna be in it. That sounds like a Chris Pratt movie, if I've ever heard of one. So,
1: oh my, that guy has been coming <laughs> up a lot these last few, <laughs> few days because I know a lot of people that have seen the Mario movie. Um,
0: he's got something on Amazon right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, my husband's rewatching uh, Parks and Rec. A lot of people yeah. seem to be rewatching Parks and Rec, so he's just he's just a lot. He's everywhere, and I'm kind of like mm, gross. Anyway. Yeah. My opinion hasn't changed on Chris Pratt is, but but I'm gonna tell you about a Chris that I love. Okay, Jared, for our cast, I'm gonna need you to. You remember how you laid on that crush alert um, recently? If you could just like (laughs) fall asleep on it for just a second, I'd appreciate it. Thank you, Jared. Again, everyone, that was for Chris Pine. Perhaps you heard of him. He plays Edgen in this film. Uh, What can I say about him that I haven't already said? He is best known for Star Trek, Star Trek Beyond, Star Trek Into Darkness, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 1984, and Don't Worry Darling. He was excellent in that, by the way, no matter what you thought of the film. Uh, Next up, he already has five upcoming projects, including Newsflash, where he's going to play Walter Cronkite. I think he's going to mm, do a great okay. job with that. Um, An untitled Star Trek sequel. Did not know that was in the works. And Pool Man, which I've heard him talk about because he co-wrote it, starred in it, and it's his directorial debut. So I'm excited. And I know that Annette Benning and Danny DeVito are in that too.
0: Okay. Very cool. Yeah.
1: That'll be a good one. Uh, next up, we have Michelle Rodriguez. She plays Holga. Uh, She's originally from Texas and is best known for playing Letty Ortiz in a little franchise called The Fast and the Furious. Perhaps you've heard of it. Um, She was also in SWAT and Widows. Next up, she will reprise her role in Fast 10 or Fast X, depending on how you like to read that. Um, And there's there is a strong possibility we will be covering that film here on the podcast. So get ready for that. Yeah.
0: I did like that I uh, saw her in something that was not a Fast and Furious movie because I feel like I just associate her with those movies so much that I was like, oh, this is a different type of project. While similar, it's still an action movie, but it's not Fast and Furious. So I have something
1: to say in the likes that is specifically for her. So I am with you on that, Jared. Um, then lastly, we did Hugh Grant. I really debated on who our third person should be, but I do think Hugh Grant had a bigger role in this. Um, Hugh Grant also is another person. He's been in the news a lot lately, but not really for good things. Like he's been kind of rude to talk hosts, talk show hosts, um, just very, he's very much like a curmudgeon, but he's also someone that you like, can't help, but kind of love. He's like charming and rude. I, I don't know how to explain it. I like him a lot. Uh, But I don't like the way he's been treating like uh, news hosts and things. I'm not a fan. Um, Anyway, Hugh plays Forge in this movie. He is a very popular English actor known for Notting Hill, Love Actually, Four Weddings and a Funeral, About a Boy, Paddington 2, and Glass Onion. He has two upcoming projects, including The Palace and Unfrosted, which sounds like I don't know what it's about, but it sounds like it's going to be cute.
0: Yeah, it sounds interesting.
1: And then lastly, we have a few starring people. Well, there's a lot in this film. This film also stars Reggae John Page. I would put a crush alert there. Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, Daisy Head, and A Fun Appearance by Bradley Cooper.
0: Um, so I looked up the plot for Unfrosted. Um, I don't think you'll be able to guess what this movie is about, but think yeah. of a think baking of, show. Sort of. It's oh. it's about it's about the creation of the Pop-Tart. So that is uh, what this film is about. Uh, the synopsis says, Michigan, 1963. Business rivals Kellogg's and Post compete to create a cake that could change breakfast forever. Uh, and Melissa McCarthy is also in this movie. And James Marsden. So we will uh, we'll see how that is when it comes out here. Uh, let's see. When is it going to come out? Uh... No release date has been set yet. Also being directed by a person you may know, and that would be Jerry Seinfeld. So,
1: Whoa. Wow. What? Um, (laughs) Everyone, I'm sorry. I'm coming off of a sneezing fit, so I'm trying to get it together here. But I had to stop you, Jared, because I love Pop-Tarts. They're like a guilty pleasure, but I only love, really, I only love two flavors. I won't eat the others. Cherry is my favorite, and I don't really like cherry-flavored anything except Pop-Tarts. I like cherries, but I don't like Mm -hmm. cherry-flavoring and candy and stuff. Um, But the cherry Pop-Tart, clear favorite. Always a favorite. And then I like the strawberry ones. Other than that, I don't eat them. And they're not good for you. They have no nutritional value. No. They're high in calories. Uh, So what I do is sometimes I'll go to the gas station, and I buy one pack. Just a one, (laughs) two-pack. That's like a treat for me, but I've been doing that lately because it sounded so good. So it's funny this came up because I love a pop tart. If anyone listens to the pod and you have strong opinions on pop tarts, DM us and let us know. We'd love to hear it.
0: I, I will say I'm a cinnamon brown sugar fan myself. Oh, I
1: can't! I can't okay. do it. I've tried. The strawberry
0: <laughs> ones are also good. Uh, those Sorry,
1: are, you can. Those are you probably my second favorite. Love. Yeah. You know the ones I everybody talks about the oreo cookie one that mm-hmm. they really like yeah. i've never had that one i used to like a s'more one and now i don't i don't like the taste anymore
0: some of them are a little outrageous i think when they yeah. stick to one idea that works the best so yeah. and it is interesting how you know you have the fruit ones and then like the sweet savory yep can almost candy type ones yeah so, this is now a go.
1: podcast about pop-tarts
0: this is, this will we will be covering uh, unfrosted, unfrosted 100% until it comes out. We will <laughs> keep you updated on all the press tours, shooting, you know, post-production, Perfect. all of that. So uh, we'll talk about our likes and our dislikes now for Dungeons and Dragons as we shift back to that. Um, first like is this movie is just very charming. Um, and and I think one of the big things this has going for it is it is an action movie where you don't need to have seen seven movies before this one to understand what's going on in this movie. I feel like with action movies nowadays, it is hard to get one where you can just go in without any knowledge of anything and just go see it. I mean, you can't do that really with John Wick or fast and furious or guardians of the galaxy, which we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks. So for the fact that this one is kind of just a standalone, I think that adds to the charm and adds to the appeal a little bit for people Um, knowing that they can just go see this and not have to have a huge backstory. I mean, you could know a little bit about Dungeons and Dragons, but even if you don't, you'll still be fine seeing this movie.
1: Yes. Jared, you touched on a couple of the things that were real clear highlights for me. Uh, One being that I just thought charming was a perfect word to describe this movie. And I really don't know a lot of movies recently that that's the word I would think. And I also think that they picked perfect they perfectly cast this movie more so than a lot of the movies I've seen lately, even more. So I loved air. We saw air. We're going to cover air. Um, But I think that this movie was perfectly cast. And this is when I wanted to talk about Michelle Rodriguez. I've seen her. I've only seen her in The Fast and the Furious. I don't think I've seen her in anything else. And I, I'm not a huge fan. I don't feel like there's a lot of, like, acting prowess going on in those films by anyone. Um, but especially her. I don't know that I, like, love her character. But she was so delightful in this movie. And I don't think anyone could have played Holga better. And she was a great... Uh, I juxtapositions, like the only word I can think of, like opposite to Chris Pine's character of Edgen. And I just thought this movie was perfectly cast. I thought Regé-Jean Page was a great fit for his role. Um, everyone really, really good job with the casting. And it was just charming overall. And the other thing you touched on that I also really enjoyed, I love that I didn't know anything about the game. I knew it was a board game and that's it, um, But I like that you didn't have to have any understanding of the game to enjoy this movie, which is really nice and is so the opposite of a lot of these big budget blockbusters we see these days.
0: Now, what I have heard is if you do have knowledge of the game, then you might pick up on a few more things, you know, characters, the the dragon types, the enemies they fight, um, you know, some Easter egg type things possibly throughout the movie. Um, But even not knowing any of that, I still found it enjoyable and it was still still an easy watch. So another like is that this is a good film to take the family to, especially if you have kids that are above like 10 or 11. I think this is one that the whole family could go see. The action is not super duper gruesome. There's not a lot of cussing. There's no sexual stuff in it. Um, So it's, you know, a PG-13 is, it's almost more of a, a PG. It's closer, I think, to a PG than a PG-13 in terms of some of the PG-13 movies we see. So, yeah.
1: I think that that's spot on, Jared. I mean, I'm fine. I am going to always be fine if they're going to rate it PG-13 rather than PG, just mm-hmm. for kid like parents that are overly concerned about that kind of thing um but yeah i just i wrote about this movie good clean fun and i even while i was sitting there i just thought man this is a great family movie like i could see all ages really liking this film males and females uh grandparents going with grandkids it's just a really good clean family film and that's nice to see because we don't get a lot of those and i'm not someone i don't have kids yet so i'm not someone that sees a lot of like animated films or anything unless we're covering it for the podcast or it's something I'm obsessed with which is few and far between for animated films so it's nice to see like really family friendly films uh that are not animated I guess
0: uh also another like that you wrote down is that this movie has hot 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 actors so
1: (laughs) thank you (laughs) I was going to say, I felt like I needed to directly quote my notes to Jared on this. I wrote hot, hot, hot actors. So that's always nice. And it gets people who would otherwise have no interest in this genre, me, to go see this film. But that's true. I think that should be highlighted because if somebody described to me the game or what this movie was about, I'd probably be like, yeah, I don't need to see that. But if they tell me who's in it, I would have gone to see it and it worked. And I think that that probably did get more people going to see this film who otherwise might not have paid any attention to it.
0: Um, also, another another like that I had, um, and this kind of is one of your likes as well, but I wanted to shout, you shouted out Michelle Rodriguez. I wanted to shout out Chris Pine because I thought he did a really good job in this movie being very charismatic, um, funny a lot in this movie, kind of just like, I don't know, like just oblivious sometimes to certain things that were happening around him. And like you mentioned, Michelle Rodriguez, as whole guy is kind of playing the straight man or the straight woman in this movie to his character. Yeah. Um, but I thought that he also did a really nice job. I thought reggae John page did a nice job in the, the 20, 30 minutes he was in the movie. Um, so it was like you said, really well cast. And I think if this had been different actors in these roles, maybe this wouldn't have been as enjoyable if they wouldn't have assembled the group that they, that they did. So,
1: yeah. And I thought that this, this casting director, whoever it was, kudos to them because they really picked people that. These roles played to the actor's strengths because Chris Pine, like, you know, there are some movies I wouldn't put him in. I think he's fantastic and beautiful and I love him to death, but there are certain roles I don't think he would do well. Just like there are certain things like, I, you know, occasionally you'd probably find something Anthony Hopkins can't do well. Probably. Maybe. Maybe not. Anyway, I thought that uh, Chris Pine is like known for this kind of like. I want to say this like acerbic wit and he's very, very charming and he's good at playing. Like we've seen him play similar characters or like in princess diaries too. Like he's good at playing someone who like you want him to be a smarmy character, but he's not, he's just so delightful. He's really good at that. Also. I don't know that we would classify him as a cult leader and don't worry darling. But like, if he asked me to be in a cult, I would join the cult. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> Oh, Jared left a great note for me, you guys, uh, in the chat. Uh he said he couldn't see Anthony Hopkins playing John Wick in the John Wick movies. That thank you, Jared, because at first I thought, why did I pick Anthony Hopkins? He could do anything, but you're absolutely right. He's not John Wick. He wouldn't work. No, that. no.
0: He could no. still be in the John Wick movies for in sure. the you know, he could be like an Fishburne role. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like he would fit well in that. So in the John Wick. I said Wick Oracle,
1: movies. like we're talking about the Matrix, but you know what yeah. I mean.
0: Also he could, you know, in Top Gun Maverick, maybe he can't play Maverick, but he could play He could you know. play a
1: retired lieutenant.
0: Yeah, yep, exactly. Working
1: in the control room.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gets it runs the base or whatever. So yeah, yes. for sure. Um another like is that this movie is not centered around a love story. It is kind of centered around like a past love, because this is a spoiler, but Um, basically Chris Pine is in search of this, this artifact that allows one person to come back to life. And he wants to bring back to life his, um, old, his wife who unfortunately passed away. Um, you don't really know a lot about her character, but, um, you get a little bit of backstory, but she, she passed away. And so he wants to bring her back to life. So it's sort of centered around a love story, but there's not an active love story going on. I liked that Holga and Chris Pine's character were not romantically involved. They they're just friends, which I think, you know, that that's great. You don't see that a lot of movies where a male and a female can just be friends. Right. So, I liked that aspect and I liked that it was not centered around a love story. Um, and that 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 plot of them getting that that artifact was central to the movie, but there's also a lot of other things going on as well. So it didn't it didn't come up super duper often.
1: Yeah. And then my other like my last like I think this we kind of touched on this but um, for the most part people I know that play the game or are really big fans of Dungeons and Dragons have said this is like a really good portrayal of what it is like it's an enjoyable movie. It's not like crapping on the idea of the game or anything. So I think that's good that they're they're honoring whatever the board game is like and the rules and all that stuff.
0: So are we ready to move on to dislikes? Yes. Okay. Um dislike for both of us is you said you got uninterested a little bit in the middle of the film i actually got uninterested at the beginning of the film Ah, i thought when reggae jean page showed up after we get to that that's probably like 45 minutes an hour in. i thought it really picked up after that point but up to that point i thought it was it was kind of slow but it seems like we both thought at points in the movie that it was a little slow
1: yeah. And I, I cannot pinpoint, you know, sometimes we see movies and I can be like, this scene could have been taken out or these 20 minutes, like that was dumb. I can't pinpoint what I would have removed, but it felt sluggish. I, I wouldn't say this movie were, is where I, I wouldn't say this is a movie that I thought the pacing was really good. Um, so that, that really was kind of a downside for me because I mean, there were points where I was like, man, I'm getting sleepy or I don't know, it just felt sluggish to me. So I wish they would have done a better job.
0: Yeah, I thought it was, like you said, just a little like not paced well, a little slow in some parts for sure. So um, another dislike I had is that this movie is called Dungeons and Dragons, and there's not really that many dragons in the movie. There's like one fight one fight with a dragon, and then at the end, in the final battle, there's a dragon that shows up again. But if you're calling this movie Dungeons and Dragons, I'm expecting to see six, seven, eight dragons at some point throughout this this film. So...
1: You know, I didn't even pick up on that, but that's a really good point, Jared, because I'm only remembering really one or two times we even saw a dragon, um, and I probably would have expected to see more. I don't, I'm not going to dock at a lot of points for that, but that is a really good thing to point out, because if you're someone that has no understanding of the the game, which is me, you would expect that that would be a major part of the story.
0: Now, if you like dungeons, they are in a lot of dungeons, so Ooh, yeah, you, yeah. you do get that, but Love there's just a not dungeon. a... And I know that to add the dragons in is more money for the CGI. Um, so, you know, it could have been a budget issue as well where they're like, we've got, um, you know, Chris Pine, who's going to demand a nice salary, Hugh Grant, who's going to demand a nice salary, um, you know, some big names in this movie that are going to take up a chunk of that budget. So it may have been a, a thing where there just wasn't a ton left to do CGI right. on a bunch of dragons. But so I thought about that after the movie that it was like, that was called Dungeons and Dragons. And there was not a lot of dragons in it. Right. Um, Another dislike I had is that when they went on their quests and their adventure, I felt like they always had exactly what they needed at the time they needed it. So there was really no sense of um, despair or that they weren't going to be able to figure something out, you know, when they when they need to get across the bridge that has that has collapsed um they're like oh michelle rodriguez is like oh i have this thing in my backpack that i picked up and the other characters like oh this is a portal and you can just you will just jump over there so i thought that was that was you know kind of a example of like oh they're just going to solve this problem without any issues or like when they're in the maze at the end of the movie and they find that axe you know things like that where and i know that happens during the game where you like go on quests and you find these items but i just felt like it was almost a little too convenient in this movie at times when they when they found something
1: yes Jared you picked up on stellar things in this film I'm really impressed <laughs> um, more so than I did but also I think I just wasn't I wasn't as interested throughout it as I wanted to be. Um, I agree with you, though, on things being too convenient, uh, because even if it's like that in the game, part of the reason I love things like James Bond and some of these other movies is because a lot of times they have to make use with whatever is in the room, whatever's there. They're like, oh, a paperclip. I'm going to kill someone with this. You know what I mean? It's, It's very like whatever's there, they're being resourceful. And this was more like, oh, this magically popped up. I have this. You're right. Everything they needed to conquer, they were just ready to conquer it. There wasn't as much of i um, I'm trying to think of the word, not conflict, but it, it wasn't nearly as difficult as it could have been.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't have, you know, I probably wouldn't have it as a dislike if they needed to get something and they had to go through a, a battle to get it or whatever. And I know they're trying to get, this, this artifact, this relic, that, that that's what they're chasing after the whole movie. And that is hard to get, but it seems like when they're trying to solve tasks, it was just like very, very easy yeah. for them.
1: And well uh, you know what that makes me think of is uh, that I think does an exceptional job with that is Harry Potter, the Harry Potter series. Now, I know they got to spread that out over so many movies and it was written first, but things like when they're gathering horcruxes or when they're going through a triwizard tournament, there's so much effort, but everything is explained. We need this to do this. And then there's another obstacle. And then by the end, the payoff is so rewarding because you realize all of these different things that had to happen and all the work that had to go into vanquishing whatever the obstacle was. And there wasn't a lot of that in this film.
0: Um, Another dislike for me is, um, did not love the music in this movie either. Don't know why. I just felt very basic, very generic. Um, You know, From the trailers, it seemed like maybe they were going to use more current day music or like, you know, pre-recorded tracks. Cause I think the trailer had something in it that was like a, a current song or whatever. So I thought, Oh, maybe that's the, the idea they're going to go with on this. Like they do with guardians of the galaxy where it's a lot of, you know, current, you know, not a lot of score, but more, more music. Um, But they just did, I just thought the score in this was just very like generic old timey sounding kind of medieval Mm -hmm. sounding and just didn't really do much for me. So,
1: I didn't notice the music a lot, um, but again, that can't, that's not always a good thing. Um, one thing, I don't know really how to explain this. My last two kind of go together, so I'll just go with them. I thought this wasn't super dissimilar than a Marvel movie, especially because of budget and everything else. I do like, there were some strong women in this film, and that's awesome. So that was nice, because a lot of the films we've covered recently... Um, are very, very male-dominated. I thought this did a good mixture of both. But I did think it was like people fighting people, big budget, lots of CGI. It was like very similar to a Marvel formula. Um, And even the marketing, I mean, so much of this felt very much like they were marketing a Marvel movie. And I don't think that's very original. Now, I did like that it wasn't a Marvel movie. To me, this was um, not quite original. It's based on something, but like so much different different than a lot of the movies I'm seeing lately and action movies and stuff. So I liked that, but it felt very marvel And then I also thought there was a lot of relying on jokes to kind of get them through. I think Chris Pine is excellent at delivering a joke and the character he was playing that very much went with Edgen. But I think some of the people like, it was like they would tell a joke and it was almost like they were waiting for the audience reaction, I guess. And sometimes that can be bad if you're relying on that to get you through a film rather than just having witty dialogue and keeping the pacing going and everything.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. You bring up with the jokes because like there would be a joke and then there would just be like, silence for a second and i don't know if they expected us to laugh more at the joke if they or what the case was there but sometimes in movies you know they'll have a really funny joke to end especially comedies like a really funny joke to end a scene then there'll be like a little transition like you know here's a shot of the city or here's the next morning or you know to kind of bridge that gap where you're laughing for a few seconds from the the final joke. And I felt like, like you said, they just did a little too much of that in this movie where they're like, huh, wasn't that funny? Like, come on, like, why aren't you laughing? You know? So it was a little, little awkward at times for some of those. So, and not and some of the jokes were really great and other ones just didn't, didn't land as well in this movie. So, okay. Well, we will move on to our scores now for Dungeons and Dragons honor among yes. thieves and I'm, I'm pretty sure you're first. first. Okay. I think it's I'm you. First.
1: Let's hope it's you. So you okay. go ahead.
0: <laughs> I'm going to put this one right at a 70 out of 100. Um, Enjoyable. Will I watch it again? Probably not. Did I, you know, was I mad that I spent two hours at the movie theater? Not really. Thought this was fine. Very middle of the road. I don't think it's as good as the 90, 95 it's getting on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a little outrageous to me. Um, yeah. But. It was more in the this, this 70s range for me, you know, 60s, 70s. So I'm going to settle on a 70.
1: Okay. I am with you on that. I, I The more I thought about it, too, the the more it was easy for me to justify a lower score and also go like, yeah, that, that was like enjoyable to watch. But would I watch it again or did it leave me like thinking about any of the material or anything and it didn't? So I'm going to go ahead and I'm giving it a 74. So we're pretty consistent with those mm-hmm. those scores there. But it wasn't a bad movie at all. It's just not one that I'm really going to care about or recommend to a lot of people. It was like a one-time watch for me.
0: I would agree. So there's our thoughts on Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. You can follow the show on social media at Podcast Silver on Twitter and Instagram. Search the Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook. You can find us there. You can see our Letterbox profiles in the show notes. So just click on the description wherever you're listening and you can find our Letterbox profiles. And be sure to, to follow us there as well to see what else we're watching that we're maybe not reviewing for the podcast. And then on our next episode, we will be reviewing... The new movie, Air, starring Matt Damon and Ben Affleck about the story of Nike landing Michael Jordan for a shoe deal. So that'll be our next episode.
1: Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy.